You're listening to the Centre Church Podcast. We hope you enjoy this message recorded live from our Burgess Hill campus. Last month, um, we looked at our identity in Christ and Robin kicked off the new year with um, talking about our identity and who we are in Christ. So today... Um, the goodness of God. Now, I just want to start by saying, do you know that old saying that people used to say, God is good, and then people would say back? I just want to hear that again. God is good. Can do better than that. God is good. Yes, thank you. So if there's nothing else you take away today, that is the message. I could probably just sit down there. But um, I think we're going to have some surprises, and I, I'm hoping that God just speaks to us this morning, and that he brings a new light and a new uh, revelation about his goodness into our hearts this morning. Um, yesterday, I was actually at Buckingham Palace. Um, yeah, I went to Buckingham Palace right inside. Yeah, how did I do that? Well, I have a very good friend. Um, my good friend turned 50, or does next week, and her family had bought her two tickets to go inside the palace, and I was invited, and I was so chuffed. And it was really pretty good, actually. Quite, yeah, quite nice. Uh, <laughs> quite nice inside there. Um, but what struck me, we went around all these amazing rooms. We saw the throne room, the ballroom, the state room, and, and some amazing paintings that you just some of the most expensive paintings in the entire world are in there. Um, and it's just a wealth of stuff. Um, but what was really, what struck me was we went in one of the final rooms we went in. It's called the White Room. It's not very white. Tell you what it is. It's gold. Bling, bling, bling. It's gold, gold, gold. Chairs are gold. The piano's gold. I mean, there's so much gold. I do not know why they call it the White Room because it's just gold. <laughs> And um, all the dignitaries that come over to this country for a state visit will get taken in that room, and that's where they'll meet. And the Queen, initially, apparently she's not there with them. They're mingling and maybe eating, I don't know. And apparently she comes in that room through a surprise door. Um, and it really interested me to know that there were three great big doors with big mirrors, golden mirrors on them. Um, but not through there. She comes through a hidey hole, a secret door. And I thought, wow, that's so interesting. So this secret door, it's behind a, a big cabinet, and above the cabinet is a massive mirror. And it opens, and she comes walking in. Can you imagine? They're expecting her to walk through one of the grand, grand doors, and she walks through a cabinet. Um, it's not a little cabinet, it's a big one. And I just feel like this morning, God, this morning, wants to break in and surprise us that what we're going to hear about the goodness of God, the word good doesn't sound like an amazing word. It's not amazing. God is amazing, but good. Let's just think about that this morning. God is a good father. And you know what? We, we need to recognize that our identity this morning, is wrapped up in the fact that we have a good father. And we've got to remember that it's not just he's good, God is good, okay, God is good. 
It's a lot, lot more than that. And um, recognizing that, I'm just praying and hoping this morning that we get a real revelation of how good he is. So do you know that the view of God that you have affects everything you do and everything about who you are as well? And it affects, also it affects our worldview. We've got a very difficult world at the moment and some people will rant about things on Facebook or go on protests. Or, but you know what? The most important thing is to have God's world view on all of what's happening at the moment. And if we look at our world at the moment, we could say, where is God in this? But actually, our God is a good God. Is God causing trouble? No, God is not causing trouble. So um, there's a great book Bill Johnson's written called God is Good. Um, and that book, in, in there, he says, the message we declare defines the reality we are going to live in. What we proclaim, what we confess... The message we carry, that identifies, that defines who we are and how we think. And that's a foundational reality. The foundational reality is that God is good. God is good all the time. You can say that, feel free. Um, so I've got some copies of this book this morning to give away. Um, has anyone got a birthday this month? Very, oh, Sammy's just, come on, you can have it, you can have it. Oh, no, it's okay, happy birthday, I didn't give you a card. <laughs> come on, come on. <laughs> happy birthday, Sammy, it was about a week ago, wasn't it? Has anyone else got a birthday or just had? Alan, you have a copy. Whoa. Happy birthday. <laughs> it's good. That's good. Anybody else? Do you know what? Oh, yeah, Joy. You had a special one. Happy birthday. <laughs> it wasn't just a one-off birthday. It was a special one. Um, actually, now you've got those. We have a gift for everyone. Everyone's going to get one next week. Okay. <gasps> Um, because we just want to recognize and be reflecting the fact that God is good. So, you know, God is an extravagant God as well. And I know the rest of this month, we're going to be talking about more qualities of God, I believe. And, um, you know, I could talk about his extravagance, his mercy, his grace, his, oh, so many things. But what underpins all of those things is that he is good all the time. Thank you, Anne. So, <laughs> what does it mean to you? What, what do we mean when we say good? Um, well, it was a bit good. It was all right yesterday. Actually, it was really, really good. The tour was really good. I had a lovely time with my friend, and they were good to me to buy me a ticket. And I'll tell you what, it was expensive. Um, yeah, it was expensive. They were good. They were good to buy that for me as well. But I don't think Nicola would have wanted to go on there by herself, actually. That would have been a bit boring. <laughs> um, so, you know, what are your misconceptions of God? If at this moment you're thinking, well, you know, really, I'm not sure that God is good. Um, what are your misconceptions? It may be that you think that God is distant. 
Um, a lot of us grow up thinking that God is a distant God. Or maybe he's out to test you. God is out to trick you or test you or trip you up um, because he just wants to prove something. Or maybe he's not interested in the small details of your life. How, what a lie that is, you know? We can think that he's not interested in the small details of our lives. Um, or maybe your misconception is that he doesn't understand me. Well, he does. He does. And sometimes it's that we just haven't given him the chance. And that's what a lot of us, because we're believing lies, we often believe lies about God or about ourselves. And so therefore those things cloud what we believe. And they, they cloud how we react to God as well. It may be that you are believing that he is distant. It may be that you're believing that he is out to test you. Um, or maybe you've had a really difficult experience of your earthly father or mother. And these things affect us because God is our father. God is a good father. We just sang about that, a good, good father. And sometimes we think, well, my earthly father was so bad or distant or didn't care about the small things in my life. So how can God be caring about those things? Um, but, you know, God actually does have a good nature. God has a good nature, his nature. We've got some verses up there. Um, Psalm 34, verse 8 says, Taste and see that the Lord is good. Now, some of us actually haven't tasted. If you've got a piece of lovely food on your plate, you can smell it, you can say it looks good. But have you actually tried it? It's not until you actually put it in your mouth and try it that you know whether it's good or not. You don't know. So could that be your experience? Could it be that you don't know God's goodness enough because you haven't actually tasted? And then it says, um, Psalm 20. Three, I haven't got that up there. Surely your goodness and love follow me all the days of my life. The Psalms are full, absolutely full of God's goodness, of the things that he's done, people praising. It's often the Psalms of David. The Psalms are literally full of praise to God. And sometimes we need to lift our head and our heart out of our circumstances and we need to lift them onto God and say God you are good okay you are good and you might start by gritting your teeth saying God is good and then you start to recognize as it kind of comes flowing into you he really is good God is good and uh, you know these kind of things sometimes it takes a while to embed into you especially if you have had a poor experience of your own father mother and and your belief system is such that you're skeptical you feel he is far away you feel that he doesn't um, take an interest in you but it's tasting we got to taste and see his love does follow us his goodness and love follows us all our lives um the passion translation says so why would i fear the future or i am being pursued only by your goodness and unfailing love 
Then afterwards, when my life is through, I'll return to your glorious presence to be with you forever. I love the way the Passion Translation puts things. Um, So why would I fear? I am being pursued by your goodness and unfailing love. His goodness is pursuing us. We don't always realize it because we haven't tasted. It says in Psalm 27, according to your love, remember me for you, Lord, are good. Psalm 25, good and upright is the Lord. Therefore, he instructs us in his ways. Psalm 27, I remain confident of this. I will see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. And it says in the Passion Translation, I will totally trust you to rescue me one more time so that I can see once again how good you are while I'm still alive. And the Psalms are an amazing, amazing source of things to get our minds freshly onto God. There have been times over the last few years that I've had such a hard time in so many ways, beginning with breast cancer and then other things that some of you know about. And, and you know, it's through those times which are really, really tough where you cannot look at your circumstances, which are clearly very difficult. But you, you can only say, well, okay, I don't know why it's happening. I don't know where it's coming. I know where it's coming from. It's not coming from God. I will look at God. I will look at God. And the Psalms help us to do that. When times are tough, looking at what God says in the Psalm, what the Psalmist says, it's just a word to help us to reflect on God. Maybe you pick up the Psalms already and you just read them through when you're having a tough time and you are doubting because doubt creeps in. And then it's at those times when you can say, God, I agree with the psalmist. Why is my soul downcast? I will hope in the Lord. And looking at those verses and looking at those psalms, we can see how good God is. And these people who also went through difficult times, they reflected on God and said the same. And as you do that, you feel different. It raises our sights. We're not looking down, we're looking up. In the New Testament, um, Jesus was approached by a rich young ruler. And... um, The young man addressed Jesus as good, and Jesus replied, Why do you call me good? No one is good except God alone. Now, that sounds a really strange saying, but I think um, that was the, um, it was Jesus pointing to his father God, saying, Actually, really, the, the only good, Jesus was sinless. We know that he came to earth and he lived a sinless life on this earth despite all the temptations. He has faced temptations. He has faced everything that we have faced, every temptation that we have faced. And and yet he was pointing to his father God. No one is good except God alone. It's um, a clear statement from Jesus, whose theology is always perfect, that God is good. And it's also an indirect claim. He is claiming, in a way, that he is God. Because in the book of, um, in, the, in the Bible, he, when Jesus was on earth, he was pointing the whole time to his Father God, wasn't he? And pointing to the goodness of God. If we look at Jesus, we see a reflection of God. Now, I'm thinking this morning that as we look at ourselves, as people look at us, Hopefully they're going to see too that reflection of God in our lives. That should be how it is because we're being changed by him. Now the second thing, so we've looked at God's nature. We're now going to move on to God's gifts. 
Because of God's nature, um, he also cannot not give good gifts. Because God is good, he gives good gifts to his children. And there's that verse, isn't there? How much will your Father in heaven give good gifts to those who ask him? If you're a father or a mother, you know that you cannot give bad gifts to your kids. Who would do that? Who would give bad gifts to their kids? A good father, a good mother is not going to do that. God is a good father. He gives good gifts. God gives good gifts to his children. He doesn't give suffering. He doesn't give pain. Where does that come from? It doesn't come from God. It comes from the devil, the enemy, who is roaring around like a roaring lion. We know that he's real. We know that he is trying to, um, trying to spoil. The thief comes to steal, to kill, and destroy. He comes to steal and kill and destroy our relationship with God. He comes to spoil the things that are good in our lives. And, and then sometimes we are our own selves spoil things too. We, we give in to temptations. We sin. We're human. We sin. But God is good. And he gives good gifts to his children. We've got to come from that perspective that he gives good gifts. Otherwise, we're going to start having a theology that says, oh, well, God allowed that to happen to me because he wanted to teach me a lesson. Does God, do you do that with your kids? Who, I think I'd be a bad mother if I started to do something bad to my children, like give them an illness. Who'd give your kids an illness to make them teach them a lesson? I mean, can you imagine doing that if you've got kids? It's just absurd, isn't it? Um, there is the problem of suffering. I know that. It's, it is a big one. And, it, and it's difficult, but it's not from God. It's not from God. God gives good gifts. All good things come from him. James 1.17, I think you quoted that, Donna, earlier. Um, Every good and perfect gift comes from above, coming down from the Father of heavenly lights. Every good and perfect gift. God brings good gifts. He is a good father. He is the best father. He is the perfect father. He's like that father when the prodigal son came running back from his... um, going astray, the, the son came back, and, and the, the father came running. And you know, Middle Eastern men, apparently, it is um, known that Middle Eastern men don't run. It's not dignified, apparently. Um, so this father, he ran to meet his child, his son, who was coming back. God is that good father who runs to meet you when you come back from your, your, your period of, of um falling into temptation, whatever it might be, you're coming back to a father that doesn't say, I told you so. Uh, You're coming back to a father that says, I welcome you back with open arms. Don't worry, just, okay, you you know you've done wrong, because we do, we do, don't we? And we say, God, we repent of that, we're sorry, we, you know, we ask for forgiveness. And he does, he doesn't say, oh, well, I'll leave you a little bit longer to stew on that and to realize what you've done. Just you realize what you've done. Did anyone hear their father or mother say that when you were growing up? I guess it happens because our parents were not perfect. And and that's it, our parents were not perfect. So whatever you see as a reflection of a father is not necessarily the reflection that God wants you to have. 
Psalm 84, verse 11. That's a really special psalm to Robin and I, because when we got married, Psalm 84 was given to us by three separate people. And one of the verses, it says, No good thing does he withhold from those whose walk is blameless, is upright. You know, God does not withhold good things from those. And when it says that, blameless, I think, you know, we're all... We all have sin, we know that. But it's about having a heart that is open. Having a heart that says, God, I've realized what I've done. I come to you and I I ask for forgiveness. And that's all he wants. And he does not withhold good things from us. So we've we've seen God's nature, God's gifts. And now we're going to look at God's work. So that should be on another, yep. Um, God's work, it says, this verse has been really special to me the last few weeks. Um, Philippians 2.13, God works in you to will and to do of his good pleasure. It is his pleasure to work in you. It is his pleasure to see you changing to be more like him. It is his pleasure to bring the goodness out in you. And he wants to do that in those around us. I've been praying this verse over family members that are not walking with God right now. And I've been praying that God will work in them to will and to do his good pleasure. In fact, I haven't actually been praying it. I've been declaring it. Let's declare scripture over people, over ourselves. It's not just, oh Lord, please will you. It's God, I declare. God, I have authority in you. I have authority in Christ. And I will declare that you are working to will and to do your good pleasure over that person that you're praying over. Or myself. I have maybe a need, if you have a need of healing right now, um, God is working in me, if it's me, to will and to do his good pleasure. If you declare that self, that over yourself every day, um, I know you're going to see changes. I know I was reading about um, Kenneth Hagin in his book. He, was, um, he put that verse quite a lot. And he was telling a story about a man who had a nasty growth on his face. And um, the doctors couldn't do anything, I think. And so he prayed each day um, that verse over his his face, his life. God is working in me to will and to do his good pleasure. And that growth disappeared, shriveled up, went away, gone. God is good. And the enemy, Satan, our our enemy, hates scripture. He hates the word of God. So what are we going to do? We're going to quote the word of God because it's powerful. It says, doesn't it? The word of God is powerful, living and active like a two-edged sword. We need to quote scripture. Never underestimate the power of scripture. We will not grasp the whole subject of being children of God if we do not understand this aspect of our Father God, that he is good and that his work in us is good. He who began a good work in you will bring it to completion. And then it says that... Um, that last verse, do not conform to the patterns of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. Now, we need to know that 
Sometimes our minds do need renewing because we're believing lies. We believe the lies that God is distant. We believe the lies sometimes that he is creating this hassle in our lives. We might even believe that he is causing the suffering so that we will get closer to God. What a martyr attitude. God does not want us to see him in that way. He wants us to not conform to the world's way of thinking. He wants us to conform to his way of thinking, which sets aside all of that and says that I have a perfect will, a pleasing will, a good will for you in your life. Tom Wright, famous theologian, he says, you become like what you worship when you gaze in awe, adoration and surrender at something or someone, you begin to take on something of the character of the object of your worship. Now, worship, like I said, is so vital. If you're not getting this, if you're not believing this, you need to worship that God who is good. Because God is good. Thank you. So God is working in our lives. He gives good gifts. His very nature is good. Um, and, you know, if you don't do anything else after today, that's a great take-home message. Worship, praise, dwell on his goodness, dwell on his power, and um, dwell on what he can do in your life, that he, he is wanting to bring his good will into your life. Um, Nahum 1, 7, the Lord is good, a strong refuge when trouble comes. He is close to those who trust in him. He is a good father. If you know something, if you know this fact that God is good, it's going to change the way you act. It's going to change the way you think, and it's going to change the way that you are viewed by other people. Now, I work in my job, I work with some of the most damaged kids. I work, I specialize in working with damaged kids, kids that have a background of trauma. And I probably a lot of them have had a poor experience of a father uh, or mother, a very poor experience in some cases. And I see what they do as a result of that. They're damaged, they're hurting, they kick off, and I see things that, you know, you'd not want to see. And I stand there with all my professional skill, training, and knowledge, and nothing can touch it sometimes. But I just love them. And this is what we have to do. I Hopefully I reflect the goodness of God. And as you reflect that goodness, that is something that can change the situation. Sometimes we're restricted in our job, maybe, to say things about that. But we've got to reflect it. Sometimes we don't even, it's not what you say. It's sometimes it's just simply reflecting it. The gifts that God gives. You're giving those gifts. You're um, going to reflect his nature. And you're going to do the works that he does. Because you're going to have his nature in you. Now we're going to do a little exercise. Um, a truth and lies exercise. What I want you to do is to close your eyes in a second, and I want you to ask God, is there any lie I'm believing about you? Okay? 
Um, you know, we did that exercise a few weeks ago with Mark Verkler about listening to God. And we've got to trust that what we hear is from God because, um, you know, so often our view is if we close our eyes and expect God to speak to us, we often think this. Our thoughts are, oh, it's probably me, but it might be God. You know what? We've got to change our perspective. It's probably God, but it might be me. Okay, right, so we're going to close our eyes and we're going to hear from God right now. So ask God, is there any lie I'm believing about you? Thank you for listening to this week's podcast at Centre Church. One church, passionately loving God and people in Burgess Hill and Brighton. To get the latest news or for any other information, check out our website at www.centrechurch.uk.